This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to a brand new week of Double Tap. It is Monday, the 20th of March 2023. Coming up today, more of your feedback and a demo of the Hable One. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, happy new week. Happy new week to you, sir. I'm in pain. Oh, what now? What have you broken I, now? I have it's broken sort of every I'm, time I turn around, you've broken something else. <laughs> I'm not that clumsy, except <laughs> I just headbutted the mic during the intro there. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a blind thing. I always do that. You see, it's because you've got one of those microphones that sticks out in front of your face. You don't Sorry, want where, should, where should it be? You want it to be pointing downwards. That's why I've got one of those microphones that points down the way. Oh, you talk like, into the mic. Like they have in the movies. In like the them. movies. I see. Sorry, sir. Okay, very good. Can I also say I'm in pain because I've got toothache, right? Oh, And I've dear. just bought myself an electric toothbrush. And I've got to say, amazing. It's the future. I love electric toothbrushes now. Um, uh <laughs> I was going to name it, but I won't because it's not particularly accessible. Anyway, here, just press a button. But the point is, it came with its own charger. And the, the how you plug it in is a two-prong plug. Now, I get, you know, over the pond, that's absolutely fine. But that's a shaver plug over here, a bathroom socket. Who's got one of them anymore? Nobody. Right? So I well, went str- it's, it's not that common overseas either. I was in Canada with mine. I couldn't use it. Remember when we really? were in Regina? I couldn't use my shaver because it, it had that plug on it, and that doesn't work because that's not – I thought that was the same as the plug in Canada. So did I. But yes. it's not. Oh, it's right. Different. Oh, it's different. Well, there and you trust go. Trust me, it's I know because I tried to jam it into a socket and nearly blew <laughs> the hotel up. <laughs> well, it just seems so 70s, a shaver plug, right? So I went straight onto Amazon. And got and replaced that uh, toothbrush charger with a USB version. Ooh. I mean, they, they're just so versatile, right? Everything should be charged or powered by USB. I want my kettle, my toaster, everything to be charged by USB-C. It's the future, I'm telling you. Well, there, how that's much my power for the day? How much power can you run through USB-C? Because I mean, you could pretty much run. You could run a laptop through it. You could you run. run a laptop. I think the latest version is um, is it 100 watts? I think. So you could yeah, power, that's true. Yeah, Andrew you could power pretty much anything. I mean, you know, the, the laptops and everything you charge using USB-C, that's, that's a lot of power going into those. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I will say this to Thank you. Thank you. I, I knew I, it was interesting. Well, okay, I have a question about this electric toothbrush. Yes. Does it have smart capabilities? Uh, no, it's a cheap one. I will name it, actually. It's, it's a cheap one. <laughs> Oral-B Pro 3 3500. Catchy, I know. Yeah. And it was one of those where it was on deal of the day. So uh, uh, QVC, yeah, was got, it? No, no, no. It was, of course, Amazon. Uh, oh, yeah, Amazon. Very good. On recommendation of my dentist who said, oh, look at your teeth. Please get a toothbrush, an electric one. So I did. And um, yeah, actually, really good. And yeah, you can use it. You don't, you know, there's a couple of lights on it, but who cares about lights? It's fine. Press a button, stick it in your mouth. Done. It's funny, right? Because I had to call up Ira the other day because I was charging up my ring doorbell battery and I couldn't work <laughs> out. If it was charging or doing anything, to be honest, I had no idea. Yeah. And I, I couldn't remember if I'd charged it already. So I, I plugged it in and I, I called the IRA agent and she says to me, uh, okay, so what it says on the instructions is that there are two lights and one will go green, one will go red when it's charging, and then well, there'll be a solid light when it's finished, just one light. And I'm yeah. sort of sitting there looking at it going, there's two lights in this thing? Because uh, this <laughs> looks like one light to me. And, and there's different colours? Okay, all right, I'll believe you. Yeah. Uh, but we figured out what it was. But again, it's that thing of, I, I have this thing now where if it's a, a battery that needs charged, I kind of just leave it in all night and just maybe even a whole it's day. exactly what I do. Yeah, I know it's done, right? It's going to be done at some point and it's at least going to yeah. be 80 or 90%. So that's fine. Shh, don't tell yeah. Mrs. Scott because she'll get very upset by that. Um, Electricity but, costs. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just she doesn't, she doesn't like things plugged in at night. You're one of those kind of families. Everything oh, has to come be on. Unplugged. Do you remember during the early 80s it used to... It used to be World War II. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And he was like, unplug everything, no lights. When TV stations used to go off at midnight, it used to play the national anthem, and then it used to say, don't forget to unplug your set. But it was and terrifying when it did that. It was like something like a poltergeist. Make sure you unplug it. <laughs> it was terrible. And then my dad would go around unplugging everything. It was... Oh, wow, it was crazy. 
Yeah, you don't need to do that anymore. But yes, of course, a lot of people do it because they're also Why? concerned about power consumption, right? Uh, Even in standby mode, there's still no, a consumption no, yeah. going on. Phantom power drone. Oh, yes, listen, doesn't to Mr. Flash the cash over here. He doesn't uh, it's care. It's nothing. No, he's, yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> you realise you've just become one of those people all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't care less. Money, who cares? Just throw more at uh, it. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I've got another device which might be of interest to you. And it's funny because I was on Facebook the other day. I do occasionally oh. go onto other social networks. Try and to. I'm scrolling through and it's like message, ad, 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 message, ad, ad. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So and most of the ads are just garbage, right? Just utter rubbish. But one came along. And when I say rubbish, what I mean by that is I have no interest in it whatsoever. And I don't tell or give Facebook enough for the algorithm to kind of understand me well enough. I seem to be getting a lot of ads about buses at the moment. I don't quite know why. Oh, but you love buses. I, I was someone was offering on on Facebook that you you could buy a, an Edinburgh bus uh, for forty one and a half thousand pounds. One with one slight caveat to it that it was in Melbourne in Australia. Oh, that's so that's, delivery costs would be rather high, I would imagine. That's handy. That is the weirdest advert I've ever I know. heard of. I, I, I don't know why I'm getting this. I don't know what that is about. But <sighs> um, anyway, one ad that did pop up was Tooth Station. Again, a bit weird because I wouldn't have looked for this. But this is something which goes on the wall. Uh, it comes with a little sticky pad. You put it on the wall and then you put this device on it. And what happens is you take your tube of toothpaste you put it in the top of it so the bottom part where the toothpaste comes out goes inside the unit. And then you take a toothbrush, could be mm-hmm. an electric toothbrush over there, yes. and you push it in to a little slot, just a tiny little slot big enough just to take the, the toothbrush, which is handy because that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You push it in and it will automatically dispense the correct oh. amount of toothpaste onto your brush. This is genius. Unbelievable. And I'm guessing it's doing that in some sort of mechanical way, Stephen Scott. There's no batteries involved, no motion sensors or anything no, like that. No, not smart. No. 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 Well, I'm not interested then. Terrible. Boring. You know how I get the uh, toothpaste? It, well, on the brush, I was going to say, but that's not what I do. I just squeeze it into my mouth. There, I've said it. You know why? Because you're blind. That is exactly the, that is the blind method. How of dare you, sir? toothpaste onto your brush. That is, is the way to... Yes. Wait, I mean, to be fair, it's so easy, right? You just... Yeah, okay. That's right, the good. way to do it. Well done. You are you are proper blind. Thank you. Well Thank done. Thank you. No, Congratulations. No, wait, wait, I take issue with this. Are you saying it's impossible if you're blind to put toothpaste on your toothbrush? Oh, it's, it's not impossible, but no, I've lost easy, so much you, you toothpaste. You pinch it in between your fingers and you line it up that way. You do that. Well, yeah, to- I do all that as well. Yeah, I know. But sometimes it doesn't work or sometimes it's because you're trying to, usually because I'm trying to be really mean and get the last little dregs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out yeah. of the, the toothpaste tube. So you're just squeezing from the top and you're rolling it up and you're doing all that stuff just to try and get the last oh. bit. Can't do all that and also guide the, like some kind of, you of course know, you can. The, the, like the guy with the, the ping pong bats, you know, that bring in the airplanes. <laughs> Hang on. This wouldn't Technical work term, with, a, of course. with a pump style toothpaste uh, tube. No, well, obviously not. You'd have to buy Oh, well, that's terrible then. Boo! I could see this being quite good in hotels, actually. I could see them putting that into hotels because they'll do anything now to stop you actually. I mean, they pretty much nail everything to the wall. I've seen your suitcase when we're leaving a hotel. I, I totally understand why. <laughs> <laughs> got the kettle in there. Everything. I've got the towels. Pillows. Yep. The bed. <laughs> Anything I can get in there, I will definitely have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like $20 or $30 or something. It's not a huge amount, but I think that could be quite useful for people who are, uh, you know, maybe struggling well, and, and want to do that. And I, I would like a review. I'm not well, convinced here's that the review, works. right? I'll take yeah. my toothbrush and I'll go, and I'll go, and that'll be it. Will it? I, no, I don't think it will go, uh, as I said. I think it's going it to go, and that'll All be it. Right. It'll just go, okay. or it'll go, one of the two. It'll Talking definitely make that kind of, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've got one of those. Uh, no, you mentioned a, a, a another uh, product that you saw. Oh, what was that again? Well, the the thing that like a like a smart. Oh vacuum. yes, the smart. <laughs> oh, this is a genius as well. This is actually one of those things that's like on on a Kickstarter or something. Honestly, I'll buy the company if it's if it's on sale because this <laughs> is. I am. It's so good. A, I bought the company. This is so good, right? So this is like a think Roomba, think you know robot vacuum, any of those kind of devices, but for dog poopage. Wow. The dog egg collector. That sounds amazing. <laughs> dog egg collector, it, yeah. It's funny because 
the the latest Roombas have got that where they detect dog poop and you know, avoid, avoid it. it. Yeah. Whereas the old ones just used to go straight through it. So it, it's it just was, an old it, it one. Wasn't the, it wasn't the going through it that was the problem. It was the splat against the wall straight afterwards because yes, it just it was, basically threw it at it the wall. It was painting it around your, your laminate floors was the problem. This is for outside, obviously. Yes. Uh, so this is a bit like a garden vac. But, you know, if you wanted to, you know, if you maybe have a dog and, you know, you need to get this done and you don't want to do it yourself, then this is Who a way does? to do it. It's like an automatic poop scooper. I, I think this is joke, actually a great idea. I think just, I know, this, joking this, aside, yeah, I love fantastic. it. Fantastic. I would have one. I have a dog, and you know, cleaning up after it is is tricky. It's hard work. Well, listen, we automate so much in our lives. Why yes. would we be bothered by this thing going about? And look, at the end of the day, it's it's hygienic because it gets rid of it. Obviously, you know, have to empty that as well. I mean, obviously, I'll employ well, someone. I just burn it. Buy just new burn one. the. <laughs> You don't just send week. it off into the mist. Every night, once you're done, just disappear off. On you go. Bye-bye. Go. Be free. Just yeah. never come back. Free willy. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Great Very idea. Good. Well, that was a weird start to the show. There you go. All, oh. your, all your needs covered here on Double Tap. Um, you're welcome. We listen, need to we, start doing merch. We could sell these things. <laughs> we could get a logoed Double Tap pooper scooper. A, a Double Tap oh. pooper scooper picker-upper. Well, um, we'll, we'll work on that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll give that to the boffins. I'll work on that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, listen, let's move on because we get lots of emails, of course, and lots of voicemails from you, which is brilliant, and do keep them coming in. Uh, Aaron's got in touch with us regarding the subject of employment. You might remember we've been talking about getting into work, and there's been a bit of a debate around what we should be talking about. We should maybe be talking up the, the ways people are getting into work rather than mm-hmm. sort of continually going back to the topic of people who are not in work and the challenges we face. I I think there's a balance to be struck with this. Let's see what Aaron thinks. Hi, Sean and Stephen. I wanted to comment on Greg's comment about looking for a job. As a blind person myself, who was recently laid off from Amazon as a senior technical recruiter, Mm. you have to look at a lot of different things here. Getting fired and laid off are two different things. Laid off doesn't mean you didn't do a good job. It just means the company needed to make some cuts and you, I, were a part of that change. In regards to finding a job, upscale your skills. Learn something new or pivot in a direction that you'd like to go. Get involved. Get involved in the room where it happens. Learn, ask questions, bug people. Become the person everybody knows. Get involved in Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Mastodon groups. Rework your resume and LinkedIn profile. I can't tell you the amount of candidates who I've interviewed with incomplete profiles and have just passed over. Having a detailed resume and online presence is key nowadays. Be noticed and get noticed on social media. Follow people in the space you want to be in. Make sure you have a professional headshot on your LinkedIn and other social media. Just because we can't see doesn't mean we shouldn't include professional photos. Do not use dictation. Please, for the love of my sanity, do not use dictation for anything professional. Yes, we all make mistakes. However, dictating and just ignoring the fact that you don't know how to edit on your phone and passing it off as it is will get you nowhere. We as blind people cannot expect employers to take us seriously if we do not take the time to spell check our stuff. Okay, now that I've said my piece, I'm not saying that if you are new to blindness or new to technology that I am better or anyone is better than you. We all can learn something, trust me. I do on a daily basis. However, what I am saying is that blaming the technology or because we haven't learned to edit writing on our smartphones shouldn't be a crutch. If anyone wants help going over their resume or LinkedIn profile, please email me. I want you to succeed at finding a job. However, there has to be work on you, the candidate's end, as well. Thanks, Laura, for reading. May the source be with you. God bless. Aaron Linson. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Laura got a shout out. That's very good. Thank well, you, Laura. Laura gets a lot of shows, and quite right, too, because she does She's a fantastic amazing. job reading the emails. And really, I'm, I'm grateful to her for doing it because it makes my life a billion times easier. <laughs> oh, it does. Although, once What's we get, get uh, livinglabs.io going properly, you know, well, yeah, see you, Laura. That. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> but, you know, I can't argue with any of that. I really can't. You have some great advice there as well. Yeah, I think the thing for me, though, is I, th- I think we do separate, and I think it's important to separate the personal and the professional in the discussion, because what we've done in the last couple of weeks has talked about the challenges of this, this. A lot of what has come out of this discussion has been out of two topics. One, my rant about the person on Twitter who said, you know, if you use dictation or you don't check your spelling, it's unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can... I, which I, think I agreed that, with. Which, which, I, which you agree with, which I agree with on a professional level, but not on a yes. personal level. Yeah, um, I also agree with that. Yeah, and I think exactly. that when it comes to 
the, the second point, of course, being echolocation, which brought up the whole discussion around capability and what we can do and what other people can do and all the rest of it. But I think when it comes to employment, there is definitely, and I've been saying this for a long time, actually, in this show, you know, I, I go back to the personal responsibility discussion here because really what we're, what we need to do as as a as an as individuals here is really take it upon ourselves to make sure we're as skilled as possible um i, I think we we need to do that if we want to be in the workplace and we want to be equal to others in the workplace we've got to do our part and you know i think i said this on saturday or on friday's show but we have to work half, or double, what was I said? We half, have to work sorry. twice yeah, as hard. Yeah. <laughs> we do, yeah, sorry. I was yes. thinking about us. Um, but, you <laughs> know, most people hard, have to work yeah. twice as hard to get halfway close to being seen as equal. And that's difficult. That is really difficult to deal with. But it is a reality. There, the, what, what kind of, I was thinking about this over the weekend, right? There's, there's a fascinating paradox here. We are... We have so well. The world essentially has very low expectations of us. Yes, almost on the floor expectations. Like you know, mm -hmm. wow, you can pick up a a, a Mars bar and uh, unwrap it and eat it yourself. Yes, you know, you're that, inspirational. Yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> level we're at with the public. But in our own community, sometimes the expectations are set so high, people just feel they can't achieve them. Now they aren't. The thing about this expectation thing inside the community is an interesting one because, you know, I remember when, when I used to work at the RNIB, we talk a lot about interviewing people like uh, people who were in the Paralympics or people who, you know, had won great records doing something, who were really doing great as blind people, you know, doing great uh -huh. things. Yeah. Yeah. And there was always a sense in, in the room with people who were, you know, who were sort of coming up with these stories saying, it almost feels like, we're kind of playing the saints and sinners game, or the saint, or the, the um, oh, I can't remember the, the exact phrase, but you know, essentially, you're saying to people, you know, you're either doing so well, or you're a scrounger, saints and scroungers type thing. You know, you're a Paralympian, right. or yeah. you're on benefits, or you're on welfare. Uh, you know, you're struggling to get a job, Either. and there's no middle ground. There's no, no kind of just. I got up today. I made myself a cup of tea. I managed to get that. That you know, form done on the, online. I was kind of worried about getting done. I managed a to do it all. People do without, <laughs> who haven't got any sight issues live well, like that. That's as well. right. Exactly. And, and that's the, that's the part that, you know, in every day, we don't think about that. If you're a sighted person, you would even think about that. You would just do it and you'd move on and that's it. Or you had the challenge, you would have a conversation about it, but that would be it. Whereas in the blind community, there's a kind of, uh, I don't know. And I, I, what I also don't know is who sets the expectations because I don't think there is any one person who says this is the expectation to be set. I think we just all feel a bit overruled sometimes by our emotions and our emotions give us this sense mm -hmm. of people are doing really well. I'm not achieving that. I'm not as good as them. You know, so maybe that's where the... Which is what we get a lot anyway when you yeah. lose your sight. Yeah. I don't know. I just so think fragility in some ways. You know, we, we are very vulnerable at that point where maybe don't consider ourselves to be vulnerable or maybe we move away from that, but there is a vulnerability that comes with it. I, I always feel it. You know, I really do. I, I, I just, feel it a lot of the time. I totally get what people are saying, right? Let's concentrate on the, the people that have made it into employment. I totally get that. And let's not always concentrate on the unemployed and the difficulties that we have, even though it's a huge, um, you know, the vast majority of us are unemployed, right? But, I just don't think it's quite black and white that, you know, try, try harder, learn skills, learn skills, and, and it'll happen. I honestly think that sometimes it doesn't happen. I think that perception that, the, the, as you said, those low benchmarks that people set for us, right, that oh, he's blind, then obviously, you know, they automatically make those assumptions in their mind of what you're capable of. And yes, we can learn skills and we can try and show them. I think the biggest and best bit of uh, advice from that email there was, you know, get involved with where you want to be, volunteering, internship, whatever it may be. You you get them to see you as a person rather than a blind person. Yes. But I, I just think that it's not possible for everyone. Not Even if they work as hard as they can, I think there is some... I'm going to say it, and I'll probably get some heat for this. I think there is some degree of luck when it comes to disabled people getting employment. You've got to meet that right person or you've got to uh, get in with that large enough company where there are 
um, you know, I'm going to say it again, quotas to fill. And, and, and hopefully you can get in on that. But it's so difficult to get in, even though you've got the skills, because this disability is always a huge sign in front of you that people just oh, automatically wave you off. I, yeah, no, you're right. You're I don't want to be right. dismissive. I don't want to be depressing. And I get what people are saying. And, and some people have done absolutely amazing and, and good luck to them. I just think, you know what, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work, if you don't get in yourself into that correct situation then or in front of the right person, it just isn't going to happen. But two things can be true at the same time. You're right. It can, it can be down to luck. It can be down to all those things. But if you are not capable in the workplace – you're really not going to get anywhere, even if you get the job. You won't be Absolutely in it for long. True. So Absolutely it's true. two parts to that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Now, for me, my it was a lot of luck for me. It really was. There was no expectation I'd ever get into this gig. I met some great people along the way. I used their influence to help me get along because it did. You know, I got I became friends with people who would help me get along and give me and you know essentially give me a hand up the ladder. And I would take it, and what I would make sure I did with that was utilize that experience, do as much as I could to be in there. I remember my first ever radio gig. I turned up, uh, you know, I turned up at this radio station. I had two weeks work experience, and the job was for me in my head was to convince them to give me a job by the end of those two weeks. Yeah. So I turned up with my suit on, all ready to go, like a complete idiot because nobody <laughs> in a radio station wears a suit uh, except the big bosses, and. Um, you know, I was told within the first 10 seconds, come back tomorrow with jeans and T-shirt on and be ready to do some work. And I did. And, you know, I did everything from, you know, cleaning the toilets in that week. I moved furniture for the for the management. I was setting up a new office for someone. I was fixing computers. I'm lying on the floor, sorting out computers and all kinds of stuff. That's what you do because you want to get in. You want to find a way in. You want to see – they want, you want them to see you as useful. And I'll be honest, the, the visual impairment thing for me at that time – I just, I didn't even think about it. I mean, they brought it up a, a couple of times, but I was so focused on the job and what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the air. So I really yes. didn't care about the visual. The visual impairment could could go screw itself as far as I was concerned because I really uh -huh. had no interest in it. Yeah. I could just put, and I know you could say, well, that's difficult for, and it, it, that is very much different to it every does. individual. Yes, absolutely. But again, I there were, but I wasn't the only person in there who was visually impaired, and that actually helped as well because of course. there was another guy in there who was blind, and it helped me almost to kind of say, look, if he can do it, I can do it. And that helped me mentally, but it helped them also see that, well, this guy can do it, so maybe yeah, this guy right. can as well. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It came right. less about the VI and more about the capability of, of me on air as a broadcaster, which clearly has failed. Someone made a mistake because they gave me a job. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I remember going to an interview once and someone was guiding me into the, you know, oh, they'll see you now, Mr. Priest. Okay, thank you very much. And someone was guiding me in and they walked me straight into the side of the door frame. Mm. And I cut the front of my head and I sat through that entire interview with blood gushing <laughs> And you think... I'll just get my coat and go now. Because you know, know they're thinking, wow, this guy's a liability straight away. Was it even my fault? Someone walked me into it. It's his fault, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's that sort of thing. And, and that put me off for a long, long time. And it's those sort of things. And, you know, again, down to personal responsibility, it's up to you to say, you know what, that was a that was then. Let's let's move on to the next thing. And uh, But it's not easy. Definitely funniest moment easy. for me in a radio station was when I was walking through the station with some salespeople. The salespeople had brought in a client and one of the tech guys was walking in front of me and it was a quite a narrow corridor. So he's walking in front of me and there's another couple of guys walking behind me and I walk out of the, the, the kind of studio block and there's a little ramp that takes you down to, I, I guess it's because the studios that tend to be built a bit higher up because they've got sound absorbing floors and all that stuff. So they, they, it's always a little bit higher up in the rest of the building. Yeah. So we walked down the ramp, but I didn't realize that there was a little lip off to the right of the, the ramp. Right. Of, yes. So there's a little lip there. I didn't notice it. I stood on the lip and tripped and fell over. But as I did it, I reached out to grab anything. Oh, no. And I grabbed the tech guy's trousers <laughs> and underpants. No. And brought the whole lot down. That made it even worse. I was so glad there was a bathroom nearby because I 
Well, yeah, I had to go. That's nice to say that. I, I was, I could not, I laughed about three hours straight on that. And what about the other guy? I mean, well, the tech guy was so embarrassed. <laughs> it was beyond embarrassment for him. And oh, of course, you- just right in front of a client and everything else. Oh, oh my God. My- Thankfully, we got the sale. Oh, I don't know if it was well- a comedic value of it that it sold it in the end. But Did you work just- in a 70s sitcom? I it mean, felt did like the that. Yeah. Show up? It did. It did. It felt like I felt like something. I felt like Ricky Gervais was taking notes behind me. Oh, it was wow. just so ridiculous. But it was it was funny. It really was funny. And again, these things happen, right? And you can do one of two things with all these situations in life. You can you know let it bother you. You can let it haunt you, or you can just get on with it. And I think you have to you know that that's the thing about this. We tend we tend to talk about this as a, as if blindness is in a vacuum. And I said earlier, you know, I kind of put blindness out of my mind. I don't mean I just forgot I was blind or tried to pretend I wasn't, although there was a bit of that going on when I was younger. But yep. it was more about the fact that if people brought it up, I would just divert away. I wouldn't even kind of allow yep. myself to allow to go down the route of that conversation because that happens in every conversation in life. I don't know if you find this, but when we moved into this area, all the neighbours wanted to know about you know, what it's like to be blind. And I'm like, look, there's more to me than that. Can we just move away from that? It's why I'm not a big fan of this whole identity first approach with language. I'm not a, a blind person. My name's Stephen. Come talk mm. to me and I'll tell you about what I do and that might interest you. And yeah, okay, I do it a bit differently than you know, other people might do or whatever, but I use a computer differently or whatever it is. But I'm still a person. And, you know, I loved it. And the RNIB in the end, before I left, they changed over their whole marketing message in the UK to be see the person, not the sight loss. And I loved that. I really loved that because it yeah. kind of moved away from the idea there's more to us than blindness. Well, that's what I was saying about employment. And it's, I, I just don't think we're there across the board yet. That's why it is difficult. No, the challenge we have here is with, with, with employment in particular, the biggest challenge is that the people with the lowest expectations are the ones who are employing. And yeah, that's, that's the right. problem. So they yeah. don't they don't even have any expectations of us, and therefore they don't have any expectation we can achieve anything. So yeah, you know, and true. that has been proven time and time again. There's been study after study on this. Employers who don't want to employ blind people because they think that will cost too much money, we won't be able to do the job. And actually, it's all rubbish because blind people are probably the most loyal people to get a job. But you get a job, you, I, I, it's not the case for everybody. But on the whole, I think most blind people are very loyal. People and employees. We want to work employees. Yeah, we, know, we want to do it. I've had we know the value of it. Yes, of being bored out of my tiny brain. Yeah. I, I want to work. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like we've gone a little bit negative on this again, so let's uh, let's move on. That was a great email, though. It was. Okay, we'll, get, we'll just do one more before we move on, because we're, we're kind of hitting our time, and I want to get our fantastic Hable One demo, which is coming up from John Carpenter. Uh, not that one, uh, but John, our listener. John Carpenter. Uh, I can't find the Halloween theme or be playing it. Uh, This is from Paul. Uh, I think this is a first-time voicemail from Paul, so let's uh, hear what you've got to say. Gentlemen, uh, my name is Paul. I'm calling from the U.S. I just listened to my first edition of Double Tap. I learned a lot about the new Victor Reader Stream 3, and I must confess, I always consider myself a pretty high-level user of the two, but when I hear you guys talk, I feel like a complete idiot. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm asking or what I'm saying, but... Welcome to the club. Again, I listen to your show. I'll listen again and read and listen to some of the other um, other editions or episodes. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for that, Paul. Thank you so much for getting in touch. I, I, I'm sorry we made you feel like an idiot. I don't know... If that was us being idiotic or us not explaining ourselves properly, I don't know which way around that is. But, um, yeah, trust me, you're, you're not the idiot around here, Paul. You're you're not the one to worry about with that. There's always something we don't know. We're always learning. It's fine. And welcome to the show. And thanks yeah. for the uh, voicemail. It's really kind of you. And and that's the thing about this show, right? We're, we're, we're here for lots of different topics, lots of different discussions, but we'll always try and make it as understandable to everybody because we know there's lots of you joining at different points with the show, but also... Lots of you joining at different parts of the, let's just say, I sometimes hate this phrase, but sight loss journey. Because oh, um, it's always such a happy bus to be on, isn't it? That's beautiful. Um, yeah, but it's true, right? There's lots of people joining and some people who are maybe losing their sight, they come to the show and they want to know about stuff. And so that's why we make we take it upon ourselves to always make sure we can educate you on every aspect of what we're talking about as much as we can. Um 
Up next, we're going to be educating you. Well, we're not, actually. One of our wonderful listeners, John Carpenter, is going to be educating us on the Hable One. He's got one, and he's going to be demoing it for us next here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And let's get right into our demo today, which comes to us from John Carpenter. Uh, Really, really so pleased, Sean, that John sent this in. And it is a fantastic demonstration of the Hable One. And and I'm just, again, I want to say thank you so much for sending these in because a lot of you are now sending in your own demonstrations. And look, you don't have to create a demo to tell us about an application or a piece of software or, you know, a phone app or whatever it is or a piece of hardware that you're using. You can get in touch on our listener line. Just tell us about it over the phone as well. You can email us about it if you want to. Some of you are doing that already, actually. Uh, Rebecca Skipper. We're not going to get to your email today, but there is an interesting app she's just shared with me. Uh, I'm going to go check it out later because I think this would be very interesting for a lot of people who spend a lot of time on Teams meetings, Zoom calls, and if you're a Mac user, yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, okay, so yes. we'll get to that. We'll I get know to that, that one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. But uh, for now, though, yes, thank you to John for sending this in. This is his demo of uh, him using the Hable One. John, over to you. Hello. This is a review of the Hable One, which is a Bluetooth keyboard for inputting Braille. Uh, you use it with your phone, so it works with Android and it works with uh, the iPhone, which is what I use. You can use it as a normal keyboard for the Mac and PC, but it's not really what it's for, and I don't really know why you would do that. Um, But it allows you to type in Braille, and it also allows you to pretty much control the whole phone, including some things that are voiceover-specific. So it works very well with that. Uh, So it comes in a lovely box with a magnetic thingy, and it's it's all very fancy. Um, Inside you have USB-C charger, you have a wrist strap, and you have some Braille instructions. Now, my Braille is very bad. It's basically just a bit of reading, and I can't really read very well. I couldn't read the instructions that came in the box. Um, my reading technique is a bit like doing a brass rubbing. It's not pretty. It doesn't work very well, um, and it hasn't been serving me very well. So I've been a little bit despondent about it, but it was good to get a chance to try this, which I've now had for a couple of weeks. So you get the device out. It's uh, I've got an iPhone 13 big, and it's a lot smaller than that. It's probably about the size of my numeric keypad, maybe an iPhone small. Um, it's a little bit chunky. It's sort of, well, obviously it's tactile because it's, it's got these nice big buttons on it. Um, maybe a little bit of a retro design, but it's, I think it that's probably a good thing. It's got six main buttons, which are laid out like a Braille cell. So it's got, it's a two by three grid, basically, which is where you put your fingers. So they're obviously buttons one to six. You hold the buttons away from you. So it's got the flat bit pointing towards you, the buttons away from you, and the power button, which is at the top, uh, facing the ceiling. Uh, So to the left of the six buttons, you've got another button, which is a bigger button, called button seven. And then on the right, you've got the same sort of thing, button eight, um, next to to the the right side of the six buttons. So you can do pretty much anything you want with it to control the phone. Um, Setting it up is really, really easy. As long as it's got some power, all you do is you turn it on, you go to your iPhone, you go to settings, go to Bluetooth. It appears there as Hable One. You select it, and that's it. You don't need the app. Uh, in fact, I haven't even installed the app. Um, I tried to find it, but I was spelling Hable wrong. Um, you've got to remember, it's Hable like table, not like the Tower of Babel. Uh, H-A-B-L-E, and then you find it. But by that stage, I didn't really need it. It's only for firmware updates right now, but I'm guessing I'll add things to it later. So if you turn it on... Passcode field. Enter passcode. Okay, so it vibrated three times. I don't know if you can hear that. That indicates the battery level you've got. All the feedback that the Hable gives you is with vibration. You don't get anything else because it hasn't got a speaker in it. But yeah, if it, if, it, if it vibrates three times, your battery's pretty much full. Twice, it's half full, I guess. And once, you probably need to charge it. So first thing I was going to demonstrate is using the lock screen on my iPhone. So my, my phone's locked. Passcode field. Enter passcode. Passcode one. So I can move around the phone kind of like doing swipes. So if I hold down the big button on the left, the seven button, and then I tap eight. Two, three, four. So it's moving forwards. And then I can do it the other way around, hold down eight and press seven. Three, two, one. And then if I want to tap something, I press the two together. 
if I want to delete the number, I just press seven. Zero of six values entered. But the other way you can do it, which is which is much better, and I've only just learned this, so I'll probably mess it up in the demo, is you can go into, um, you can put the number indicator in and then type it in in Braille, which is really nice. Um, so if I press the number indicator, so that's buttons, what, three, four, uh, three, four, five, and six. So just tap it once quickly and it'll vibrate. And now I'm in number mode. So uh, I'll put in my, um, my code, if I can remember what it is. Passcode field, enter passcode. Okay, I think that's on it. Home. There we go. So now I'm in the home screen. I can move between the the apps as I did just now. So hold down seven and tap eight. Calendar photos, camera, fourteen forty-eight. If I want to change pages, uh, I can press buttons. Well, it's basically O, so it's buttons one, three, and five, and I can hold hold it down for a little bit. Fourteen forty-nine. Um, one thing to bear in mind is that you need, I think it's QuickNav to be enabled for that to work because it didn't work for me to start with and I had to turn QuickNav on and I can't remember what the button press is for that but it's, it, it's in the manual um, and I think it's just a normal iPhone thing. Maps. Uh, right, so Double if I just... Tap to open. Shut up. Uh, if I hold down button one, by the way, it does shut it up but I always forget to do that. So hold down um, O. Page two of five. And it's now gone to Files. page two. Doubled. Page three of five. This is Anfield advert free. There we go. And then I can Double basically to open. I can then basically do the opposite to go back. So that's buttons two, uh, four and six. Page two of five. Load of home. Page one of five. Face so time. The buttons are kind of like an arrow, the the, the shape when you move um, between them, so it's, it's quite intuitive. Uh, you can also go up and down in a similar way. So you hold down button um was it one, four, five, and six, or button three, four, five, and six, which kind of make a sort of a narrow shape. So that, that makes sense to go up and down as well. So you've also got loads and loads of shortcuts, and quite a lot of them make sense. Um, so for example, if I want to go to the notifications, I can do an N, so that's buttons one, three, uh, four, and five, I think. Notifications. There we go. Heading clear. Not Google grouped 24 minutes ago. Bournemouth 10 Liverpool. Oh, and I don't want to hear about that. See stats, news, uh, and more. Attachment button. I can go back by pressing uh, buttons one and two together. So that's B, basically, in Braille. FaceTime. So that's gone back to the home Double screen. Tap to open. I can go back to home if, I'm, if I wasn't already in home by holding down H. So that's one, two, and five. Home. So you've got to hold it down long enough and then it, and then it vibrates to let you know that it's done it. And there are plenty of other things you can do. You can hold down S for the status bar. You can hold down I to I, go to item chooser, F for find, all sorts of things like that. Uh, app switch is quite useful, obviously. So you can hold. Music. You can hold down Double buttons. To open. Sure. You can hold down buttons two and three to do that. App switcher. Notes. And then active. And then cycle through. Safari. This is Anfield. Safari notes active. And again, I can swipe up with three. Press B, hold down B to get rid of that. Double tap to open. Um, other things that are quite useful are going to the top and bottom of the screen. So I use that all the time. So if you want to go to the top, you hold down buttons one, two, and three. FaceTime. Oh, I was already there. And if I hold down buttons four, five, and six on the other side, it'll go to the bottom. Doc. Mail. No unread emails. Uh, so Double again, tap to open. FaceTime. So let's go back to the top. Double tap. Right. And hold down one to shut it up. Um, so yeah, there, there are loads and loads of shortcuts. It's, it's a little bit overwhelming at first if you look at the manual because there are just so many, but actually it's, a lot of them make sense once you get used to them. So what I'll do is I'll just go to Safari quickly. App switcher. Notes. Act Safari. Active. Okay. Swipe up with... So yeah, I'm still using um, button, the big button 7 and 8 to go between the apps. If you use the split tap, then the... Pressing them together can be a bit weird because you need to remember to take your both fingers off first and then tap them together. You can't just hold one down and do the other one, which is kind of obvious, but it's just a bit instinctive. It takes a little while. This is Anfield so, Safari. Okay, active. so press them both together. Safari. Safari. Favourites. Okay, so here I am. Uh, if I press... 
So four, five, and six took me down to the toolbar. Tap options. Share bookmarks. Share. Dip forward. Back. Dip microphone. Address. Raspberry Pi. App center. Button. And some. Apple this. So as kind of per normal with Apple things, sometimes the focus is a bit weird. Like I go forward and then go backwards and it doesn't quite take me to where I just came from. So let me just do that again. Toolbar. Share forward. Back. Microphone. Button. Address. Search or enter website. Right, so now, now I'm in the address bar at last. Tap to edit. Actions available. So tap the address bar. Address. Text field. Is editing. Search or enter website name. Character mode. Right, should I be? So possibly because I was just entering in my um, my passcode before, I might still be in number mode. So I'm going to just tap buttons five and six to go back to, I think that's grade one indicator, but to go back to putting letters in. Uh, I should say you are supposed to be able to do grade two with this, but I don't know. That seems like uh, witchcraft to me. I have no idea how to do Screened any of that. In. So let's just type something in. Um, D. This O U B L E space. So, so typing normally and then press the right one for space and sorry the right big button. So that's button eight for space and the right big uh, the left big button seven to go back uh, backspace. Space. So that's just me deleting the space and putting it back in again. T A P. And then I hold down. Uh, sorry, I don't hold down. You tap button one and eight to do an enter. Screenshot. Google. Google. So that's now done a search. Banner. Landmark. Okay. So shut up. So you can use the rotor with this thing, which is really cool. So if you hold down button seven. And then press buttons five and six. So you tap them while holding down seven. Characters, words, lines, text selection. So that's skipping through the rotor. Swipe right to expand selection. Swipe left to shrink it. And similarly, quite a lot of the things on Hable, if you do the reverse action, it will go the other way. So if I hold down buttons five, six and tap seven, it'll do the rotor the other way. Lines, words, characters, actions, more content, edit, buttons. Form control links, headings. All right, those headings. Zero headings. Apparently, the no headings. How are the no headings? One unit. Google account. Main menu. Google. Okay. Button. Link end. Search. Okay, so now if I want to actually skip by headings, I'm going to hold down buttons uh, seven and tap button six. Search modes. Heading. Search results. Web results. Double tap. Heading level three, Zombieland, double related questions. Heading level. So I'm not quite sure why Zombieland is immediately under double tap if I search for double tap, but I guess Google knows something I don't. Uh, so that's holding down button seven and tapping button six to go through them. And similarly, I can do it the other way around. I can hold down button six and tap button seven to go the other way up. Zombieland, double tap, web results, heading level two. So it's pretty intuitive. Again, it's just, just a matter of getting used to all the keyboard shortcuts you have to remember, but there aren't, there aren't that many, really, just to make quite good progress. Um, I found after using this for about maybe an hour or two, I was feeling fairly confident with the basics, and half of that time I was just holding the device the wrong way around anyway, and upside down and whatever, so that confused me for a little bit. But once I was holding it the right way, it was pretty easy. So just one more thing. App switcher. Safari. Notes. Active. So go back to notes. To notes. Um, just I'll just type in something very briefly. Um, well, I say very briefly with my typing. It'll probably take hours. Cap H, comma, comma, cap H, cap H, A, I, L, space, hail, T, O, space, two, T, H, E, space, the, P, O, T, space, pot, P, L, A, N. Okay, so that's just me typing some, some rubbish in. Um, Space. So you, it's got various other things in, in it. Um, so you can select text and move around. So if, if I hold down button four uh, and tap seven. Space. False. T-N-A-L. So I, I'm moving, Lima. moving the cursor left. And if I hold down button seven and tap uh, four, it'll go the other way. F-A-N-T. Full stop. There are various con um, commands to select text. I can't quite remember what they all are, but the one that selects all, which is quite useful, is this if you hold down the bottom four buttons, so that's buttons 
uh, two, three, five, and six. So hold that down for a little bit until it vibrates. Hail to the pot plant. Selected. Right, so that's selected. And then copy and paste is, re- is really intuitive. It's, you, you do C for copy and V for paste, as you'd expect. So C is the top two, so button uh, one and four. Hail to the pot plant. Copied. So that's copied that. So I've just press um, button seven to delete it. Selection deleted. Hail to the pot plant. Okay, so that's deleted it. And then if I want to put it back in, I just do V, hold that down. Copy. Plant full stop. Note. Text field is editing. Hail to the pot plant. Insertion point at end. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a really really nice little device. It's very very light. It's very portable. So I think the best probably use case for it is when you're out and about a lot. You put your phone in your pocket. You don't want to take it out in public because none of us do. I don't think. I'm always frightened of either dropping it or getting stolen or or whatever. So you keep that nice in your pocket. Um, put some Bluetooth headphones in. That's perfect. Yeah, you can do pretty much anything at all you want with it. So I, I, I like it a lot. I'd say there are probably only two problems with it. First of all, whenever I use the Hable, I get the Monty Python Knights of the Round Table song in my head, which is really irritating, but I can't blame the device on that. And then the other one is the fact that it's like £289 or something, which is quite a lot of money just for a keyboard. But it's a, it's a really nice thing. I, th- I think if you're out, out and about a lot, it would be really good. Uh, as I try never to leave the house, it's less useful for me. But what I like about it is... I'm using Braille to do it, and it felt really easy. And suddenly I realised, although I've been reading about, you know, trying to learn how to read Braille for ages, I wasn't picking it up, but actually all of the shapes had stuck in my head and I kind of knew um, knew what they were and could immediately start typing them in, even though I've got fairly fat fingers and keep making a mistake. The other thing I like about it is my, my typing on a QWERTY keyboard is really erratic, because although I, I sort of know how to type, touch type. I, I don't do it very well. And my hands fly all over the place when I type. It's basically about 40 years of bad habits that I'm struggling to break now. I can't see the keys. But with this, you don't really move your keys much because they just stay in place and you're never likely to accidentally find your hands in the wrong place. So I, I quite like that about it. So yeah, it's really good. Definitely worth a try. That's it. Thank you. Bye. John, thank you so much for that. And, you know, I, I love the honesty in there, Sean. You know, the fact that John talks about the... In fact, he's not the greatest Braille reader in the world or the Braille, you know, typist, but, you know, <laughs> yep. he he's managing to get by with this thing. And actually, it's kind of encouraging him. That's that, that's exactly what I took away from it. When I listened to this, John, fantastic, by the way, but not just the, the demo. I, I loved how it was like, yeah, I'm not great at Braille, but he's still using it and, and demonstrating how useful it is. Because I, I think he... He's probably a bit more uh, advanced than I am, but I'm just, you know, grade one. I know the alphabet and I'm, I was really intrigued. And I, for the first time, I thought, you know, what? actually, I think I could make use of that as well. The way he described it. And I, as I said, the way he's using it with his level of Braille, still fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was great. So there you go. And if you want to send in your demos, please do. You can attach them to an email uh, you can send them in that way. Uh, that's how most of uh, our, our audio clips are coming in. And you don't have to worry about editing either because John needed a bit of editing done on that. And we said, look, that's not a problem because Sean will do it. And that was fair. Hello. So, yeah, you go. I don't mind. It was great. I it liked was listening great. to it. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely brilliant. So thank you for that, John. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Uh, you can also get in touch by calling one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Now, before we go, uh, there are lots of stories we could talk about, um, but I, I want to mention this one because I think it's important, Sean. I think it's important. You know, he, we are on AMI-audio, which broadcasts oh. across Canada. And it's I feel serious. this show, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think this yeah. show is a is a yeah. you know a public a, service. A beacon, if you will. It is a yes. beacon, yeah. Yes. It's a beacon of information <laughs> and occasional knowledge, uh-huh. not guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, we will put that out there. Uh, but I, I, th- I think it's important to know because, look, we, we're all concerned about the future. And I think that if horrible events were to unfold... (laughs) Wow, I'm nervous. Why am I so nervous? (laughs) You kill me, Stephen Scott. Go on. If if horrible events were to emerge, you'd like to know where you want to be, right? Where's the best place to be? Well, apparently, according to this article... Well, maybe that is, yeah. But it says here uh, that uh, one of the worst cities... To survive a zombie apocalypse in oh. is Toronto. <gasps> Why is that? That's right. So this is interesting. This is a study and it says if you live in Toronto, odds are you won't manage to survive 
for mm. too long before you fall victim to the war between the living and the undead. This uh, is yeah. uh, an organisation yeah. called rentola.ca, which conducted a study in order to determine which cities in Canada are the safest in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Cities were judged on five categories of data, namely vulnerability, hideouts, supplies, safety and mobility. Now, indicators for vulnerability include population density and perceived yep. physical and mental health, while hideout scores <laughs> were based on the average household size what? and housing vacancy rates. I cannot believe someone did this. The safety category was judged on a city's crime rate, total firearms, total weapons violations, while mobility was based on walking, jogging and roads. So out of 35 Canadian cities, Toronto placed 29th Oh. It's not the worst place then. No, if it's what was, it's place what was 20. below it? That makes no sense. Um, apparently, uh, Toronto fared better than rival Montreal. Oh. Ooh, Mark won't be happy. Are you listening, Mark? Yeah, 32nd on the list there. Uh, wow, but 30. did trail behind what? other cities like Calgary and Winnipeg. Oh, yes. Of course. So it's not the worst. Okay, so hang on. What's the worst then? Because it only tells what? me up to 10. It tells me the top 10 cities oh, that are safe. It. Oh. This is very bizarre. Toronto's beautiful, though, apparently. Oh, here it I is. Mean, you've been. I've never been. No, Toronto's no, great. No, I love it. Um, but apparently, no, the, the worst place or the, the worst city to survive hmm. a zombie apocalypse would be St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, of course. We all know I mean, that. Oh, I mean, obvious. it's perfectly obvious when you say it out loud, right? I mean, <laughs> totally. Now, what I am interested in, though, is where you could survive a zombie apocalypse. You're going to like okay. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five. Regina, our <gasps> no. little town. Regina, oh, our hometown. The place we well, we don't live there, but we've been there. Well, it's our second home. It is our, our second home. Yeah, yes, of course. That's where our heart we, is. Yes, we just hide out in the um, the water chute in that hotel we stayed at, or at the McDonald's. I mean, it'd be fine. Of yeah. course, I can totally see that. Or at the oh no, I've forgotten the name of the stadium already. I'm going to say the Roughnecks. Stadium. That's Roughbacks. not it. That cannot be right. Oh, no. That sounds totally a, wrong. No. Oh, beautiful place. Yeah, I'm not going to win any points for local knowledge on that one. Saskatoon's at number two, and Edmonton in Alberta is number one. So there you Hang go. Hang on, Edmonton's Edmonton. huge, that's why, surely. The population density must be... If you're in Edmonton uh, and yes. a zombie apocalypse was to happen, you'll be fine. So there you go. Good to know. Like Good I say, public know. service broadcasting at its finest here on AMI-audio. You are welcome. It's a zombie show, honestly. Well, it's called Double Tap. Uh, listen, we're back tomorrow with lots more, including more of your emails and comments and demos as well. More to come on tomorrow's show. Very excited to talk about keyboards, my favourite topic. You're doing a demo for it as well. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Get planning. Then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.